This is the Worth Recovery Podcast, featuring women in addiction. Welcome back to Worth Recovery, a podcast featuring women in sex addiction. My name is Amy. I'm your host here at Worth Recovery and the founder of Worth Recovery. I'm a sex addict and I have been sober since December 2nd of 2012. Now, I'm excited to continue our discussion today about the 12 steps of recovery. This is episode 53 and we're going to continue our discussion on step six. I love the 12 steps of recovery. I love everything about them. We've been working through each step, talking about the concepts and the principles behind each step, as well as how to work these steps in our own lives. Now, I spoke recently with a gentleman in recovery. He's giving a presentation about help for chronic relapsing. This man spent, if I remember right, it's 13 years going to multiple weekly meetings, attending therapy, working with a sponsor, and he couldn't stay sober. 13 years, guys. We were talking about some of the frustration and the depression that he had from just lack of hope. He figured he was beyond help and that nothing was going to change. Yet he kept going to meetings. He now has over two years of sobriety and is helping multiple people around our area. We were discussing some of the tools he was going to share and I asked him, so what was the one thing that made the difference? What really changed for you? What helped recovery finally start to stick? His response, the steps. I finally got a sponsor who actually made me work the steps, not just recite them, not just think about them. He gave me concrete tools to help me actually work the steps in my life. Once I did that, he said, once I learned what surrender actually meant and how to do it, my entire life changed. The AA saying is totally true. It works when we work it. The steps work, ladies. I am proof of that, and I am sure that you are as well. I'm a big fan of exploring all sorts of things that help your recovery and help you to change your life. I encourage you to make the 12 steps one of those things that you explore and put some serious time into because you must work them if they're going to work in your lives. Many people pass them by because they require work. They opt out of the 12 steps for something else, something that is more passive or that doesn't require much effort on their part. Sometimes they think just therapy will work or just going to meetings will work. I don't need to work the steps. I can just go to meetings. Now, I believe personally that techniques that don't require effort and sacrifice on our part don't have the power to actually change our lives and help us recover. There are so many quick fixes out there, so many people willing to offer you all sorts of things that don't actually require any effort or any sacrifice on your part. However, their results are also not lasting or permanent. If we want to really change our lives, really want things to be different, we have to invest in things that require effort and sacrifice. That is what this gentleman experienced. When we actually start living and working the 12 steps, our whole lives changed. That's what his did. His whole life changed. 
but he had to work them. It required effort and it required sacrifice. And so I'm excited to continue our discussion in episode 53 today about step six. We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Now, what does that mean and how do we get there? How do we get entirely ready? Now, before we jump in, a few quick announcements. We have coming up in January our next Worth Recovery event. This will be held on January 21st, 2017, so that's this coming January, in the Salt Lake City, Utah area. It's the perfect time to be in Utah if you like the snow. We have the greatest snow on earth. I'm not a skier. I think I've told you that, but I do love snow. I hope that you'll be able to join us. There are three major purposes for these events. First, to show you that you're not alone, that there are other women struggling with sex addiction. Second, to help you connect with these other women and to build your own support network. And third, to learn from some local experts about major topics that you need help with. Utah has our largest group of listeners, our biggest listenership, so I'm excited and expecting a major turnout. Now, I've shared with you two of the three speakers of our lineup. We've talked about Candace Christiansen. She's a CSAT therapist here in the Salt Lake area who will be speaking about trauma and addiction. We've also talked about Jackie Pack. She's also a CSAT and a CMAT, so CSAT being Certified Sex Addiction Therapist, CMAT being Certified Multiple Addiction Therapist, who will be talking about boundary essentials. I'm excited today to announce our third speaker. Our third speaker in January is going to be Lou Duke. Now, Lou has a bachelor's degree in psychology and a master's in counseling from Arizona State University. She is licensed in Utah as a clinical mental health counselor. She's a certified sex addiction therapist. You know how important that is to me. But she's also a certified Daring Way facilitator and consultant. She has a private practice in downtown Salt Lake City where she provides counseling for individuals and couples with a variety of concerns, including depression, anxiety, relationships, pornography, and sex addictions. One of the reasons I specifically reached out to Lou is because of her special training in the Daring Way methodology based on the research of Dr. Brene Brown. If you've listened to my podcast, you know how much I love Brene Brown and her work. Lou has presented to and shared with many groups the power of vulnerability and living and loving with your whole heart, both concepts that Brene Brown talks a lot about. She offers classes and workshops in the Daring Way methodology and is dedicated personally and professionally to living an authentic and wholehearted life. I am super excited to have Lou join us in January where she will be talking about shame resilience. This speaking lineup, Candace Christiansen, Jackie Pack, and Lou Duke is going to be totally amazing, ladies. I can't wait for you to hear from these specially trained experts and to hear what they have to share with us. I personally am so excited. These things add to my own recovery and where I'm at, so I'm excited to spend time with these amazing women. Registration for this event is open on the website www.worthrecovery.com. You can get on and get registered already. Be sure to mark your calendars January 21st, 2017. Now, before I move forward, I also want to give a big shout out to our Worth Warriors. You ladies are amazing. You continually amaze me. When a woman reaches out for help in addiction, it is my mission to provide the voice and the hand of a woman to reach back. 
Worth Warriors make that possible. I love you ladies so much. It takes a lot of time to write, to produce, to edit, and to post each of these podcast episodes. Your monthly contributions as Worth Warriors, as little as $4 a month, you guarantee that this podcast remains free for all of those women out there. I can't thank you enough for that because that helps me to meet my mission. Have you been enjoying what you're learning? Are you a regular listener? Has this podcast helped you even just a little bit? Then get on the website and become a Worth Warrior. There are special perks and discounts for our Worth Recovery events. You can join the Worth Warriors for as little as $4 a month. That's a little bit less than 50 cents an episode. Get on the website, look for the Worth Warriors logo, and join the movement, worthrecovery.com. Okay, now let's jump back to step six, right? Step six says we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. In our last episode, episode 53, we discussed character... No. In our last episode, episode 51, we discussed character defects. Today, in episode 53, I want to discuss for a few minutes here together how we become entirely ready to let them go. How we become entirely ready for God to remove these defects of character. Now, the essay white book counsels us on page 115, quote, It is often easy, having just taken step five with our sponsor, to take step six, declaring to our sponsor, God, and the whole world that we resolve to put away our wrongs. This puts us on record as wanting to go in the right direction. But it's another thing to become free of the power these defects have over us. As with lust and our sexual addiction, we must take responsibility and the necessary action so the grace of the God of our understanding can give us victory over these other shortcomings too. Close quote. You know, one of the things I've learned in recovery is that everything that I do, every behavior, every thought, every comment, every action... Everything does something for me, has some type of power over me, as the white book says. Somehow it meets a need, it provides a reward, or it reinforces some line of my personal thinking. Now, some of these results are good and some of these results are not so good. I hate using the word bad, but there, some of them have negative consequences in my life. And I also have learned that most of this all happens on an unconscious level. Most of the time, we have no idea that we're getting something out of what we're doing. But if there wasn't some type of reward to my brain, I wouldn't continue doing the behavior or having the thought. Everything that I do, every behavior, every thought, comment, action, everything, it does something for me. So that means that practicing my character defects does something for me. Yes, even being angry, being prideful, jealous, envious, being conflict avoidant, being impatient, being a doormat, they all do something for me. Isn't isn't that crazy? Yes, it is crazy. It's crazy a little bit, but it's true that everything that I do does something for me, for my brain. And again, most of this is on an unconscious level. Now, the book, 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, commonly called the 12 and 12, gives some examples of this for us to use. The first one is about anger. It comes from page 67 and it says, quote, self-righteous anger can be very enjoyable. (laughs) In a perverse way, we can actually take satisfaction from the fact that many people annoy us for it brings a comfortable feeling of superiority. Gossip, barred with our anger, a polite form of murder by character assassination, has its satisfaction for us too. 
Here we are not trying to help those we criticize. We are trying to proclaim our own righteousness. Close quote. Now, that one hits a little too close to home for me, especially this line. In a perverse way, we actually take satisfaction from the fact that many people annoy us. Yeah, yeah, that was me before recovery. I felt like if people annoyed me, I was better than them. I was smarter, more advanced. I was more clever, more adept. I felt like being annoyed by people was actually the pass or the gateway to the cool club, right? If people annoyed me, then that meant I was cool. It brings a comfortable feeling of superiority, the book tells us. That kind of feeling of, I'm in the cool kids club because you guys annoy me. Wow, that's something I really struggled with. Another example from the 12 and 12, quote, We live in a world riddled with envy. To a greater or lesser degree, everybody is infected with it. From this defect, we must surely get a warped yet definite satisfaction. Else why would we consume such great amounts of time wishing for what we have not rather than working for it or angrily looking for attributes we shall never have instead of adjusting to the fact and accepting it? Close quote. Yeah, um, ouch. So from this defect, envy, we must surely get a warped yet definite satisfaction. Else why would we consume such great amounts of time wishing for what we have not? Have you been caught up in that trap wishing for what you have not? I have. And to be honest, I still do sometimes. I want my own house. I want a boyfriend. I want kids of my own. I want to be thinner. I want to have a jet ski. So bad. I want to have a jet ski. I could easily go on and make a big list of all the things that I want. The 12 and 12 says we get some sort of warped yet definite satisfaction from doing this. Now, it took me some time, but I'll tell you what that satisfaction looks like for me. It looks like justification. When I look around and see everything that I do not have, I feel justified in my action or inaction. I say to myself, well, Amy, you don't have a boyfriend. Men are stupid. And so you have to get attention any way you can. You have to find physical touch and intimacy wherever you can find it. So get online and act out right? See how I justify that? See how that envy and that satisfaction that I get from my character defect? Being envious allows me to feel victimized. I say things like, that is not the hand that you were dealt. So you get to fill in the blank, right? Usually it's act out in some way as compensation. Somehow I view acting out in some way as compensation for all the things I do not have in my life. And being envious keeps me stuck in that pattern. One of my good friends in recovery calls this the, quote, I deserve a break today, close quote, complex. (laughs) I don't have all the things I want, so I deserve a break. I don't have my own house, so I deserve a break. I don't have a jet ski. So I deserve a break. It's the whole idea that my life is so bad because I'm so jealous about everyone else's life that I don't even want to live my own life. And so I deserve a break. I deserve some kind of compensation. And so I use that as justification for acting out in all sorts of ways, whether that be sexually, emotionally, whatever that is. I use it as a way to act out. Does that kind of sound familiar to you? I I think I've seen this in almost every addict I've worked with. Some kind of justification that we use from our envy to be able to justify our acting out. Our character defects, ladies, they give us something. If they didn't, we wouldn't continue to act on them. So the question is, 
how do I become ready for God to remove these defects of character if they're somehow giving me something, right? So let me tell you, the first thing that we have to do in order to be entirely ready is we must be willing. The 12 and 12 continues and it says, quote, how many of us have this degree of readiness? In an absolute sense, practically no one has it. The best we can do with all the honesty we can summon is to try to have it, to be willing to have it, close quote. We must be willing and try to have the readiness required to allow God to remove these defects of character. I have found that this willingness comes in very subtly, like under the radar. And if you're not looking for it, you might miss it. I had a sponsor that helped point it out to me, and she said it was a result of my previous work that I had been doing. The essay white book on page 116 tells us that steps one through five is kind of the precursor to this. So let me, let me quote, quote, steps one through five should have the natural and inevitable effect of creating in us a new heart that wants to do right. Note that the wording in step six, we're entirely ready, depicts a state of mind issuing from a prior change of attitude. If this state of mind is not present, something is amiss. The crucial attitude change that should have accompanied steps one through five, surrender, has never actually taken place, close quote. For me, the first indication I was entirely ready and willing was that I started feeling uncomfortable when I was acting on my character defects. I started feeling almost almost guilty when I felt superior to people. When I started feeling annoyed at other people, feeling angry, I started to feel a pang of discomfort inside of me where I used to think, oh, that guy is bugging me. I started to think, why is that guy bugging me? Why do I care? So what if he doesn't do something that I want the way I wanted? Now, that slight change in attitude, that was a huge change for me. It was huge. This is what the white book is referring to, a state of mind shift, a change of attitude. It was subtle at first, but it grew. Even more recently, I remember going to the gym. I'm trying to get things under control in my own life. Going to the gym day after day after day. And all of a sudden, instead of being jealous of women who were thinner and more fit than I was, I realized the sacrifices that they were making in their own lives that up until recently, I hadn't been willing to make or even aware enough to make. And all of a sudden, the jealousy that I had started to fade away. These subtle shifts were my attitude changing They were my heart opening up to becoming entirely ready for my character defects to be removed. This requires willingness, and we must be willing to be entirely ready. However, I do know that there are times when we don't feel willing. There are times, even still now for me, when I want to act on my character defects, when I want to stay in victim mode or I want to be conflict avoidant. There are times when I say it's too painful to advocate for myself or I'll say the sting of rejection is not worth the risk. There are times when I want to feel superior, when I want to put someone down because of my own insecurities. I'm not proud of it, but there are still times when I don't feel willing Now, the 12 and 12 gives us some advice about that, too. It says, quote, even then, the best of us will discover to our dismay that there is always a sticking point, a point at which we say, no, I can't give this up yet. And we shall often tread on even more dangerous ground when we cry, this I will never give up. Such is the power of our instincts to overreach themselves. 
No matter how far we have progressed, desires will always be found which oppose the grace of God. Close quote. And what do we do when we hit something like that? When we hit that rebellious streak and we say, I'm not willing to do this. I can't give this up yet. I won't give this up. What do we do then? We practice willingness. We deepen our commitment. We harden our resolve for recovery. I love the way the SAA Green Book describes it on page 50. Quote, Becoming entirely ready involves a deeper commitment to recovery, a willingness to let the God of our understanding affect important changes within us, changes in our ways of thinking and feeling, changes in our behavior. The readiness of the sixth step is one of the practical results of our third step decision to turn our will and our lives over to God's care. For our higher power's will to work in our lives, we must be willing to let it work. If we feel we are not yet willing, we can pray to become ready to have these defects removed. Although there is no perfect, infallible way of knowing that we are entirely ready, we will know when our doubts and reservations are no longer blocking our way. Close quote. I love that last line. I'm going to repeat it. Although there is no perfect, infallible way of knowing that we are entirely ready, we will know when our doubts and reservations are no longer blocking our way. We know we are ready when we are willing, when we want to be willing to be entirely ready. Being ready is a sign of our deeper commitment to recovery. Step six is really where we start looking at all these underlying issues that have contributed to our addictions. They were there usually before we ever started acting out. They continued and grew in the negative cycles of our addictions, and now we're going to work to uproot them and change. In addition to being willing, we also show our readiness by acknowledging that this is going to be a hard process, that this won't be easy, that it will require work on our part. It will require change on our part. It will require a lot from us. Some of these character defects have really deep roots. Mine do. (laughs) And so having to dig down really deep and dig up those roots to change requires a lot from us. The essay white book describes it on page 115 this way, quote, if we're on the right road, there inevitably comes a time when we cry out to God, I'm tired of this defect. I want to be free of it. Please take it away. The recurring distress it causes us, not to mention others, gets progressively more acute until it outweighs whatever pleasure or false support it was providing. This humbling realization, this moment of clarity usually illumines one defect at a time. It is the essence of step six. Close quote. Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove these defects of character, is an important step on our recovery journey. As the white book says, it usually happens one defect at a time, and that can take a long time, but it is worth it as long as we continue to practice the willingness it takes to have these defects removed from us. Now, next time in our final episode about step six, we will discuss how we work this step in our lives, what steps we can take, what actions we can take to help us understand our character defects and to help us become entirely ready to have God remove them. I'm excited to share with you some of the ideas that I've done and some of the things that I've seen work. 
Now, as always, ladies, I hope you remember that no matter what is going on in your life, no matter how far you think you've gone, no matter how you feel in this moment, no matter whether you're willing or unwilling to let go of your character defects, you are worth recovery. 100% worth it. I know that. Keep up the fight, ladies. Don't forget, you can support Worth Recovery by being a Worth Warrior. If this podcast has helped you even just a little bit, if you think it's worth 50 cents, get online and join the movement. All the details are on the website, worthrecovery.com. Ladies, I think about you, I pray for you, and I love you. Until next time, Amy. stuff. The mission of Worth Recovery is to dispel shame and build hope in the lives of women struggling with and recovering from sex addiction. I am not associated with any 12-step group, religious organization, or therapeutic clinic. I am an addict sharing my own experiences and recovery.